and count in down in five, four, three, two, one. And there we go. That is it. Stanley Norman is the 2021 British champion. Luke Dillian is second. And for many the story of the event, it's the Welk fisherman from South West Wales, father of four, Harry Cromwell, who'll be taking the third spot on the plane to El Salvador to compete in the ISA World Games. Looks like he's going to need to find someone else to man that boat for a little while. What an opportunity this could turn out to be for the Welshman. I wonder what the Welsh is for El Salvador, here I come. Or maybe he needs to start learning Spanish. Either way, Harry Cromwell is going to the 2021 ISA World Games to compete for one of the five remaining places in the Olympics. Competitive surfing is back and Crest in partnership with Elusive is all over it. Bright prospects for Wales, Harry Cromwell has opened his 2021 by qualifying for the World Games in El Salvador, which is scheduled to kick off this coming Saturday. In this episode, we talk all things Worlds, Olympics and Wales with the man himself and an expert panel freshly back from that epic drive to Thurzo. So joining us for this special edition, it's the Welk fisherman turned international competitor himself, Harry Cromwell. How's it going, H? Very good, thank you, Tom. How's yourself? Very well. Congratulations, Harry. What an amazing achievement. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you very much. Feels good. And two of Harry's teammates on that initial trip to Thurzo, both of them with a string of Welsh titles. Um, It's Flantwitz. Mark Vaughan, how's it going, Vaughan? Good evening, Tom. Good evening, all. Yes, very well. Thank you very much. And uh, although a Channel Coast charger, which does offend many people in the Welsh coast, that she she jumped ship, um, a peripatetic surfer who'd call Newport home but currently works at the Wave in Bristol, it's Emily Williams. How are you doing, Ems? Evening, all. Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, very well. Now, a, a quick shameless plug for all three of these surfers. They've all been featured on Crest episodes before. Emily as episode four, Harry as episode five, and Vaughny a little bit further down the batting order at episode 11. But they can all be uh, looked up and you can listen back to, to, to pretty much their sort of life stories to date with each of them. We're going to start off though by asking you, Harry, how are you feeling then? Uh, I heard today from uh, Linda and Herbie that your flights to El Salvador are booked. It's on. And, and you are going to be Wales's representative at uh, the 2021 ISA World Games. How are you feeling about it? it honestly, it doesn't feel real. It's amazing. <laughs> I still like can't believe that I'm going in, instead of like people who maybe should be going. <laughs> but um, but now, nah, yes, it's, it's 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 like a real good achievement for me. I'm really happy with the result, and I'm going to give it more than a thousand percent to uh, smash it and uh, make Wales proud. And has it been a bit of a difficult decision? Because obviously you're self-employed, um, you've got the, you know, the boat is going to be sitting in the harbour while you're away. Yeah, well, the boat's not going to be sitting in the harbour, luckily, because, um, you know, we, we can get cover and sort that out, um, our end. Okay. But um, the main problem was leaving my four children and my lovely wife at home for two weeks, which, first of all, I thought was going to be possibly uh, a month with quarantine rules and, I don't know, I heard a few stories about yeah. maybe going over early to do training and stuff, which kind of put me out the question, really, because having a month away from everyone, as well as, like you say, work, could be 
you know, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit much to ask for. So, um, so yeah, I, I kind of thought at first I wasn't going to be going, but then when I heard it was two weeks, I thought, yeah, it's doable. I can make that happen. And, and, uh, it's, it's a sort of an opportunity I couldn't turn down. Okay. And, uh, it's a, it's a, I love one of the things I love about surfing is how sort of varied the journey is, you know, so that route at the moment, you know, to the worlds and gosh, who knows even beyond it, it's begun at the Welsh in, in fresh West. And then you've gone up to Thurzo, you know, surfing those sort of peat colored right handers. And, and, and then it's going to eventually end up in those kind of, kind of you know, tropical muddy right handers of El Salvador, if you manage to get a bit of Zanzal, but, uh, it was a bit of a trek to go up to Thurzo to, to qualify for this, wasn't it? Yeah, absolute mission. Um, I, I have been to Thurso before when I was a lot younger. Um, I'd done a little trip there um, with Team Quicksilver when I, back in the day. I think I was like 15, maybe younger, 14. Uh, but this time, um, with Vaughny at the wheel most of the way, fair play to him. He'd done an amazing job. Um, it was an absolute mission it it was like it was lovely and i loved every minute of it but um it it was a hell drive it was a it was a big trip and uh yeah both vorney and emily know the way up there kind of almost uh off by heart i'm wondering which one of you's been up there the most times i know vorney you've got a couple of years on ems but uh you, you seem to have been up there about two or three times a year since uh since you got into competing ems you, you, you like those as a wave don't you yeah yeah i love those i've been up a few times for the pro tour comp and we spend a bit of time up there it was normally half term right. so we spend a bit of time up there before the comp but Vaughny's probably been up a few more times than me <laughs> how did it come about then Vaughny, that the British ended up in Scotland was that something that had always been on the schedule and had to happen yeah 100 percent uh basically the home nations you know are all were consulted when the the British surfing was created uh and that uh a, a schedule was outlined in terms of which countries would host in what in what year, uh, and it started uh, with England uh, in Newquay, and that was the first new format British Nationals and British Cup, um, which basically changed the format completely from what was usually anyone could enter or whoever got their first thirty six entries in or whatever the field was um, to essentially it's, you have to qualify for your through your home nations. Um, results be it open uh, women men uh, junior level as well right. and and then uh, from that england that one in newquay was the first one um, and then of course you you represented your country uh, as well as you, you're yourself so that there's a chance to win the the british cup for wales england channel islands or scotland uh, but the schedule was was england uh, first followed by channel islands and then scotland and uh, it was no coincidence that scotland was put there um in terms of you know with, with the ways and uh it was no coincidence because it's an olympic qualifying year yeah so uh yeah but um it's wales's turn next year uh and then it'll restart the schedule with england right okay and uh when you went up there it was pretty difficult thurzo and i think vorney you ended up sort of bringing home the uh the the award for effort at least wouldn't you you'd have had the, the plate or something you know at the at the awards dinner for Breaking your being an idiot, yeah. Got knocked out of having to swim well, in and then swim and then get back out again, and then you still only needed like a, a couple of points, wasn't it? And uh, 
I think it's fair to say an, an eventful two days in Thurso. I mean, yeah. Harry touched upon the journey, which is interesting because I've never had such an easy journey up to Thurso. So he was clearly, he doesn't remember what it was like as a kid because I think we were up there in 11 hours. Uh, we le- oh, we left early hours of Friday. Yeah. yeah, we left early hours of Friday morning. I think I picked Harry up at five o'clock locally and we, we were in the sea in Thurso by like, I don't know, five six o'clock oh, that's good um, yeah. that evening we had two hours free surf session that we allowed and there were rules on when you could free surf weren't there yeah and the mission was the covid thing you know the four um and during and it, it was really strict because it was there were different rules in scotland we had to get permissions from uh nicola sturgeon uh in order to travel through and and stay and reside and uh, and compete and um, I think for me, the whole journey was even attending was a, a difficult decision and probably one of the most difficult decisions I've ever had to make in terms of, yeah, you were where should I go? Agonizing a bit, weren't you? Yeah, I, I, I still, in some respects, regret going up because I feel I should have perhaps handed my place to the next surfer in line and he knows who he is. And um, I, I feel incredibly guilty still about taking my place. But I earned my place on my result from the, the yeah. Welsh Nationals in which it was taken. And I consulted about 50 people to try and get their, their viewpoint. And I took my place and um, had an eventful uh, competition, which resulted in going left at a right, snapping my boards, swimming for about 10 minutes, paddling for about another 10 minutes and not being able to get a 2.5 to get through. It was, <laughs> so, it was actually the most exciting part of the event, apart from watching Harry hold on at the end when uh, you needed that 2.5 and you did catch a pretty decent looking wave with a bit of wall at the end and I think you were saying afterwards I spoke to you and and you said you didn't know that you only needed 2.5 wasn't it because you went to give it a bit more of a whack than it needed yeah it's look it was it was a very difficult position I mean uh, we had all sorts of conditions thrown at us from quite glassy sunny you know four foot five foot thurso to you know some six foot was on shore howling snowing couldn't yeah. hear uh that you know the you could couldn't really hear the scores throughout because it was either low tide and glassy or howling on shore and high so it was really difficult to know what your heat positions were and i think you know that that just meant that you know people had to go and surf and just have faith in their, their ability and what they were doing and, and i think for someone like harry it's it's not a surprise to me that he did so well at all uh, and might, maybe there are people around the country who are like, oh, Harry, how did he manage that? Well, Harry's got a huge pedigree, um, has been an incredible junior career, open career. And it's uh, it's no coincidence that someone with all the coaching and, and surfing background competing like Harry has done well at, at a really good wave. Yeah, and I think a bit of it is about sort of building momentum as well. Uh, Emily, you you had hardly surfed through the winter, hadn't you? Because you you know you resided in an area that the, where the lockdowns had made it difficult, uh, and then I think actually you did very well going up there and getting straight out into how many times had you surfed before going out into like double overhead onshore Thurzo for that first heat? I think in the year before, I think I can count on one maybe two hands how much I'd surfed in the last year. Um, so yeah, but when I was asked, I was like, I can't missed the opportunity and I've just got to go. I know I won't perform to my best, but I wasn't surfing too bad, but I just had no fitness whatsoever. And yeah, that's yeah. a challenging thing. Yeah, 100%. Like if it was a bit smaller, I maybe would have done a tiny bit better, but I'm I'm really chuffed with how I did and how much I'd surfed before, so... And yeah. and to, add, to add to that, Tom, on Emily's behalf, I mean, you know, because my role was dual in terms of surfing and coaching, it's that there was a considerable sweep running. I mean, there was, uh, you know, f- 
M took a couple of hell poundings paddling out. It, it wasn't easy, Thurso. It was challenging, Thurso. Yeah. And uh, how important um, is building momentum? Because I know you know you you've you've competed in important events and gone right through and you know picked off finals and stuff like that. I'm trying to sort of save Harry from having to blow his own trumpet too much here, but. <laughs> Um, you know, getting through those early rounds with just the score that, that's needed, you know, which is what you were doing initially, or you were getting through and you were building and, and your scores were getting higher and higher each round. Um, and I know, you know, you, you, you fell one short in the end. Um, do you think sometimes in an event like that, it is important to sort of hold something back and sort of not put it all into those first rounds? Yeah, definitely. I think that's really important. Like you surf, you surf smart. You don't waste your energy when you don't need to. You do enough to get through and save that little bit more energy for that next round. So, yeah, I think that's building momentum, surfing smart. It's definitely the way forward. And I think that is what you did, Harry. You started off with threes in that first round, and then by the time it came to the important heats, you were posting big scores, and then you held off. Uh, I mean, I know Stanley Norman and Luke Dillon were standouts throughout the event, but uh, Barnaby Cox, I think, had done the turn of the event in the, in the first round, that big closeout sort of tailslide Rio. And uh, he couldn't get near you in that final, Harry. <laughs> yeah, do, do you know third what? Place at the Worlds. I'd, I'd like to say that I was holding off for the final, but to be honest with you, I was giving it all from heat one when I got knocked out. <laughs> but um, yeah, it kind of took me... When, I, when we first arrived after that journey, like we, we paddle out and it was, you know, big onshore waves. I, I was like on a brand new board, which actually turned out you know, really well and went really good. But, you know, my first year on this new board, I borrowed a wetsuit off someone because apparently the water out there was going to be freezing, which turned out wasn't that bad. So I was in a new, a different wetsuit, I answered, a different, a new board, paddle out, it was big, onshore. I got absolute hiding on a wave on the head and I was like, oh my God, what am I doing up here? Like, so from, from, from the get-go, I was a little bit like, you know, thrown off. Um, and then slowly, you know, I settled into it. I caught a few waves. Um, yeah, my first couple of heats, I didn't do great, scoring crap scores. And then, yeah, like as it went on, the, the waves got a little bit easier, to be fair. I settled in, my board started feeling good and and I managed to find rhythm. And then, but even watching it, you know, watching some of the heats, but now the final, I feel like I should have gone, you know, more, you know. I didn't give it enough for sure. I like... I definitely had more in the tank. Like, didn't let loose. Um, like, I didn't even fall off in the final. I should have hit it so hard. To beat guys like Stan Norman and, and Luke, you've got to be, you know, you've got to be safe at 100%. And uh, I'm a bit gutted looking back. Well, I'm not gutted. I'm really happy with my result, but I just wish I'd kind of let loose a little bit more, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. Because I suppose you may, though, have uh, have blown that sort of second score uh, that you needed that that did put sort of Barnaby, uh, you know, an, enough to be sort of out of reach. Those last few minutes, they did actually feel relatively comfortable, did they? Or, or was that not what the experience was like for you? Um, do you know what? For me, I didn't even know I had to get third to make the British team. I was like, I was just buzzing <laughs> to be in the final. <laughs> I was in the final of the British. I thought, I didn't think I was going to be there. So I was like, yes. I was just really enjoying it. I was hooting the boys into waves, um, just loving it, you know, just like having a good time. And then, and then, yeah, it happened. I got third, which was, you know, real cool result. And then, like, I think Luke came up to me and was like, oh, I'll see you in El Salvador. And I was like, 
I was like, what do you mean? And like, he was like, yeah, you'd, you'd be going there now. And I thought, oh, you know, they're not, the British team aren't going to pick it just on this result, surely, you know. But um, yeah, it turns out that 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 was what you needed to do to go. And I got invited and I was well happy. I, I wanted to ask, actually, you know, about the, the, the teams for El Salvador, because, you know, there was a little bit of time where we were sort of thinking, are they going to go with that, with that one, two, three? And of course, you know, we know that there are surfers like um, Jay Quinn in New Zealand, you know, double European champion. And there is a little bit of room. We had Jenny Jones on the show earlier this year, you know, the, the Olympic snowboarder. And she was saying that in the end, you know, the, the, the results were kind of advisory and that the British British snowboards, British skiing, whatever the association was, have got the, the right in the end to make their decision. And I was going to ask actually about in the case of the ladies, um, why, was, why wasn't why was Peony Knight at the contest? Do you know anything about that, Ems? Um, I know she's gone to uni this year, so I'm not sure if she's kind of just taken a step back to concentrate on that um she right. started in september so i'm not sure of the full story of why she was there why she wasn't there yeah. um but it might have been something to do with that but she's not now going to el salvador then no sorry to cut across but um i i know that she was unable to attend due to commitments outside of surfing and i believe some of the covid restrictions uh, and potential um, risk to what she was doing right. uh, in terms of either through her uh, studies or through her family were, were an issue. So she knows she will not go. But she will obviously be a, a real contender for uh, a UK Olympian in the future, I would imagine, because uh, w- would you say, Em, that she's sort of Britain's best, best, brightest female hope at the moment? Yeah, and I think when you look at um, the last World Games result, she was the highest ranked British girl. Um, so yeah, definitely probably one of the strongest and it's, it would be nice to see what she would have done up there as well. And when you compete against Peony, uh, Emily, does she, does she drive you to, to um, yeah, I think all of us are quite competitive, especially when we were younger, we were all, one would win one thing, someone else would win the next. And I think having that, all of us, we pushed each other, all of us, there was a group of us and, you know, you, you, you're happy for them to win one, but the next one you want to win. Um, and it's nice to have that with the girls. We were all, especially when we were a bit younger, a bit closer together and being able to compete like that was pretty good for all of us to push us on. Um, and for me, having like two years out of competing, like didn't really expect too much. But from now, like I know I want to get back into it. Like, I wanted to last year before COVID. So for me now, it's like being able to get back into it and just building up. And so, yeah. It does fire me on to just keep going and show what I can actually do. Great. So you're watching Harry now and you're thinking, that's where I want to be in three years' time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we'd love to see that as well. I think as well, i got to interrupt there, but from what I've seen of, uh, well, I've seen Am surfing loads before, obviously, but up in Scotland, she could have easily won that event as well, you know. Just, just yeah. you know, how it is in competitions that some things don't go away. And even Vaughny, I reckon he could have bloody won the event as well if he hadn't gone left at the so. <laughs> but he was telling everyone not to do the whole event. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I like, I do think that, you know, any of the Welsh guys could have, you know, they could have won. They, I do think the potential was there. And, um, and uh, it was good to see. I, I got to say as well, Pat and Logan, fair play. I've seen them boys surf like you know loads of clips on Instagram and, and and Facebook and all that, and I can see that they've been working really hard on it. But they did impress me. I thought Pat on his backhand at Thursday when it was big, yeah. you know, he's a little guy and he was going for it. You know, fair play to him, throwing down some big turns. 
Um, and then Logan as well has got a real solid, you know, I seen him have one forehand whack, which was like up there, you know, up there with the best. So it's good to see them two really pushing it, you know. We've got some words coming up from uh, from those two, actually, from uh, Pat and Logan, which we, we're going to go to a package in a second. Uh, and they talk a little bit about getting used to that kind of finding that lip line, you know, and, and, and Pat was talking about being on a board that he didn't know and sort of, you know, getting used to surfing that kind of bigger wave face. But before we do that, um, they're joining a little list of uh, surfers from around the country who are sending a few messages to you, Harry. So uh, have a listen to this. <laughs> Hey Harry, uh, it's Logan here. As pissed off as I was that you beat me up in Scotland, I'm even more annoyed at how nice of a guy you are. I can't be mad that you beat me. So, well done. Stoked for you. Go to the Worlds and do well. Uh, yeah, well done mate. Uh, hey Harry, Pat here. Uh, congrats on your result in Scotland. Stoked you did well and more stoked there's a proper Welsh bloke going to the Worlds to represent. Good luck. Harry, James Jones here mate. Good luck in El Salvador with the British team. Smash it, son. Do it for Wales. We'll all be following you and we're all behind you. Good luck, pal. Hey, Harry, it's Liam here. Hope you're well. Just a quick message to wish you all the best at the Worlds. I'm sure you're going to kill it. Can't offer you a lot of advice or uh, strategy, but what I will say is clean your wax. Every heat, clean your wax. Clean wax, clean mind. Heat winner. You know what to do, Harry. Go and get it. And then we'll celebrate at the night owl when you get back even though it's closed. We'll open it just for that one big night. All the best, Harry. To Harry. Show them what you got, son. Lots of love behind you all the way. Greg, tell our mate. Hello, Harry. Just wanted to send you the best of luck for the contest. We'll be rooting for you all the way, sending good vibes and luck from the full team, Harris and Goffey. Go get them, H. Harry, this is Elliot Dudley. Best of luck at the Worlds, mate. Uh, we're all real proud of you here in Wales. I'm sure you're going to smash it up and, uh, and bring home the goods. Hopefully catch up soon. Harry, go fly the British flag loud and proud at the World Championships in El Salvador, buddy. You really do deserve your place in that team. Good luck, boss, and all the best. Rhino. Go on, as a boy. Do it for Wales. So stoked, boy. Bring that Welsh dragon out, buddy. Hey, Azza, you legend. It's Spence here, just giving you a big shout-out. Remember when we were driving to Scotland and you and Butler in the back of the car as grommets? And now look at you, you're representing Britain and, of course, Wales. So rip him, mate. Good luck. I'll be hooting for you. All the best. Cheers. Harry. <laughs> Remember when you looked like a young prince, Harry? Now you look like an old one. Hey, better surfer than him though. And you're not married to Megan. Good one. Happy birthday, the Gill. Hi, Harry, it's Breach here. Um, just wanted to send you all of our best of luck for the worlds and hope you enjoy those waves in El Salvador and you'll definitely do us proud. And uh, good luck to Mel holding the fort when you're away. Definitely part of the team though. Hi, Harry. Rob here, wishing you all the best for this, your second appearance at the World Surfing Games. Last time was, of course, for Wales, and we had a grand old time. This time, you're representing the UK. Go into Planetary, mate. Good luck. Good uh, morning, Harry. It's PJ here, one of the old uh, competitive surfers. I was really mean in those days, and I know you've got a great chance of winning. So when you take off... You've got to think this. All right, Harry, you are the best. 
you are the best. Good luck. Take it easy. Bye. Harry, genuinely, mate, I wish you all the very best in El Salvador. I cannot wait to watch your heat. I know you're going to put, you're going to do Wales proud. Whatever happens, <laughs> we're all going to love watching you. And I tell you what, Good we luck. are all going to end up watching you, Harry, because it's going to be tea time onwards here because it's uh, that part west coast of central america is exactly the right number, amount of time behind for it to all be on the tvs in our houses every evening <laughs> brilliant <laughs> I, I love the optimism every evening <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and speaking of optimism um we've had a good chat with logan and pat about that contest and about their uh, ambitions moving forward so we'll have a little listen to that now So the first that I'm going to say, a bit controversial, picking the team off the Welsh from the year before. From 2019. From 2019. Was, there, was that the only option they had? Um, that wasn't the only option, but yeah. I guess. Nothing controversial about that, I got in the team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> if you weren't in the team, it would be extremely con- yeah. controversial. But What did you get in the 2019 Welsh then? Third. And you were second? Yeah. So Jay Quinn. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Jay, got, Jay got an email and a call, I think. And didn't, didn't go? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're in the team then, and uh, obviously it's a no-brainer to go. Yeah. I almost mm. didn't go. Yeah, it wasn't no-brainer. Because really? of, there was a lot of COVID restriction confusion. What, you mean you didn't know what to expect? Well, we were told we weren't allowed to free surf and... We were like, you were isolated apart from your heat. So it was like, oh, it's a long way to go for like just a heat or whatever. But yeah. then you put it into perspective and it was kind of probably worth were, going. Were you guys genuinely thinking before like driving up there about a path right through to wearing a jersey in Tokyo in the Olympics? Were you thinking like, right, you know, up this road now, a couple of heats get through this, a couple of heats in the world. Were, were you seeing it as that route or was it more kind of heat by heat, wave by wave? Uh, I kind of just wanted to be British champion, to be honest. Yeah. That was kind of my goal. Okay. Mine was more, not so much this Olympics, but if you do good and show that you're good at this one, it seemed like there's a lot of opportunity for like training camps right. and things like that in the future. So I thought if you can shoot yourself in now, there's going to be, yeah, they, they sell you the dream, didn't they? But there's going to be a lot of opportunity to get coaching yeah. trips away yeah. to then gear yourself up for you know the 2024 and whatever it's going to have that big bag of funding yeah, yeah. that was what I okay. that was my thought not so much this I didn't really think about it like that but that's really interesting to see how what, what one of you thinks about like that the other way is that because are you thinking then smart. Logan that winning the British yeah that, like it's the smart approach money. I might not win the British <laughs> yeah. I think about but I can build a career yeah. <laughs> yeah. and you just really want to win the British yeah, yeah. of course like, I should have I wanted to be British yeah. chat but that's not that, oh, that wasn't my only golf goal. I knew there was more on the line than just like, oh, I'm British champ. It's Does not, British champ mean anything though? Because like you won the Welsh. Isn't going uh, on to a QS better? Yeah. Yeah, no. I, yeah, in the scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal. And you won the UK Pro Tour event? Yeah. But still, you always want to win, yeah. don't you? Okay, fair enough. So you if get it. I mean, if, if you're driving 
12 hours, you're not going up there because you want to get third. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Although third would do. <laughs> yeah. Or sixth or whatever. Six, yeah, six. Is that, that was it, you, were, you finished sixth. Well, is it sixth or seventh? It's complicated, isn't it? Because yeah. you don't know whether they, do they judge the rep charge final as final in higher than... Ah, oh, yeah. that's what they said because they, they sent us sixth. Okay. Fourth. Third. Got it. I didn't win. But... Mm. Not meaning to make you feel pangs of regret, you kind of looked like you were going to in the early rounds. Did did, did you peak too early? Did it feel like that um, a little bit? Thanks. Um, <laughs> no, well, maybe. I think I had moments. I was way too hot and cold. Yeah. I think maybe it was... The first couple of rounds, I think, it. I was... I don't like making excuses, but I was on a borrowed board, and I think... I know that. Why was that so that you'd have something a bit bigger? Yeah, just because it was pretty big and woolly, and it didn't like it doesn't look that big, does it, on the f- footage? But it was pretty. Getting around was. Yeah, I know. What maybe because I'm small. Like, I know what Thurso feels like. Yeah. when it's that size and yeah. a little bit onshore. It, yeah, it's, it's really kind of gnarly, isn't it? Yeah, and I would, I, I like to think one of my strengths is my backhand, but when it's not so much that big, but maybe that big and bumpy, I probably yeah. need to work on. It's a hard arc to look get at, right yeah, into the lift. Let me give myself isn't it? look yeah. more solid on the wave and then types of waves. Okay. But then when it got a bit smaller on the right, I felt really confident. Okay. I just didn't give myself many chances in that last heat. And you kind of went the other way, Logan. You started off a little bit slower and then started looking, going onto a hot streak from there. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I knew, you know, maybe no one else believes that I have the ability, but I know I have the ability to, like, to have won it if, if I served properly and I knew what I needed to do I just um, you know just found it hard to do it I think like, literally I knew I just needed two good waves for the good first turn and that was yeah. what they were scoring but yeah. I just found it like harder to do it and yeah a few things didn't go your way but that's just that's the competition isn't it? Yeah. So. difficult getting used to the cold because it was a lot colder in here isn't it um, I'm trying to think what that was like mm, wasn't too no it wasn't it was alright yeah it wasn't it I wasn't feel terrible. like when you're in a comp you don't you just don't think about it, just do you? Go, go, go. Heat, everyone heat. Well, you just, yeah. you expect, like, you know in 20 minutes you go put your wetsuit back on. It's yeah. not like... You're adrenaline. You know, like, when, you've, when you're when you free surfing, you're like, oh, I've got it. Like, <laughs> I'm making myself go back in. For now. nothing, yeah. almost. Yeah. yeah. Which is, but you're doing it, you're doing it to train, but you're doing it to have fun as well, whereas, you, like, you're not, not going to go so in. This is what you've trained for. Yeah. yeah. You were just talking about Thursday being a bit bumpy. You guys had a trip up there in the autumn, the year before. And uh, you scored pretty good, yeah. like hollow Thurzo. Yeah. Um, did you feel like that had given you an idea of sort of where to go on the lip when it was bumpy, or was it a little bit like you had to kind of learn a new approach to the wave again? I feel like it changes when it gets offshore. Yeah. Like it's it, and maybe it was the swell direction was super north. Yeah. But it, the wave felt really short. Yeah. When we were just up there. Yeah. Yep. Like. I don't think I had many waves where I hit the lip twice. I hit the lip and then... Cut backs. Yeah, do fat backs. <laughs> fat backs. So, how did you both feel then, going up there, and when you look on that scoreboard of highest heat totals and higher wave, highest waves, you've both, you both got your names in like the top half of that scoreboard, and Pat, your name in particular, is on it repeatedly in that top end of the scoreboard. Um, how does it? How did it feel to come up short? As both of you seem to be counting it in this event. Uh, I just remember my dad when I was younger. He used to say, 
a miss by an inch is as good as a mile. Like, it doesn't matter how <laughs> well you've done in like your previous heats. You haven't won the event, so it doesn't matter what you did. You know, like you, the whole point of a contest is that you're consistent over like a lot of heats. So you can have one like Pat said, you can have one excellent heat, but if you go cold the next heat, is no good as it. You might as well have just had two sixes all the way through, then two eights and then two twos. So. That's my opinion. And there was a little bit of controversy about the score that was thrown down to uh, your friend and friend of the show, Luke Dillon, in your heat. Oh, was that? Which one? That uh, the, the, the score Luke Dillon needed to, to get past you in the, the heat that you got knocked out of. Uh, uh, I, I know there's lots of controversy, which actually I think we weren't that aware of, but like those rumblings of, oh, the scoring was weird. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the scoring was just quite high. Yeah. Right. For... They, they were they were usually rewarding the right things. Yeah. Just a number was but high. A four was a six. Yeah. And a oh like no like a five five was a seven. Yeah. Well I don't know I guess it was hard to surf but there were certain heats where you'd watch and you'd go that was high. And how did you feel coming up sort of short of that? Well, finally, and I suppose the first target, then trying to get top three, and then obviously you're saying you wanted to go and be British champion. Um, yeah, I was pretty bummed. Just because it it been such like it been such a long time. Not in a contest like the first contest back, you kind of. Of course, yeah. You haven't been focusing on that event because you didn't know which one was coming first, but you've just been focusing on competing again eventually, and then to not do very well. It was just a bit of a bummer. And now then, right round the corner, WQS, Santa Cruz, and then uh, down to Costa de, Costa de Caparica. Yeah. I mean, who, who needs Margaret River and Rock Nest? <laughs> I know. Uh, how are you feeling about that then? Are you pumped to compete? And... Yeah, good. Yeah? That's the level I want to be at, so. Okay. Stoked, stoked to leave Wales. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, also obviously, yeah, like put a jersey on and try and like redeem yourself for like, a performance that you're not that happy with. And this is going to be two con- contests back-to-back, isn't it? Yeah, and on the stage where the judging ain't controversial, as you know, yeah. you know, it's run into the judges' towers re- um, yeah. really in those comps. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you got got enough boards now for all possibilities? That yeah. low tide dump yeah. and shore break at Santa Cruz might need a couple of inches. Yeah. It looks solid as well. I got a new board that was stock, actually. From Sam Defoe, which is about two litres bigger. And as for the British, then, is that still an important goal, British champ? Uh, yeah, but it's not one of my main goals. So the QS is the main goal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. just to prove myself. Do you, do, yeah, you say prove yourself. Have you, have you done like a kind of a... Have you given yourself a numerical target of sort of like where, where you want to get to? Have you got like a, you know, X amount of points or, you know, um, is, it, is it to get out of the European stage onto the second half of the QSC? Yeah, that would, I, it would be, I would like to do it this year, but I think that would be pretty hard. But yeah, that would, that is my goal to eventually get onto the Challengers. The Challenger series? Yeah. Okay. Challenger series, Logan? There might only be room for one of the two of you. What happens if it comes? What happens if it comes down to, to Logan versus Pat for a place on the Challenger Series, the last event of the summer? Just, oh, Harry Cromwell will enter probably. <laughs> <laughs> of course he will. Of course he will. Yeah. So um, just to 
put that a bit of that into context what pat and logan are talking about there because i know things are changing so rapidly this year the wqs has been divided into two halves of a season and in the first half of the season is a regional wqs for wherever you are and part of the reason for this is to stop it from just being a case of like every single person who can get to australia makes the tour because there's more events there so we're going to have regional events europe latin america north america australasia and, and then at a midpoint in the season towards the end of the summer regional qualifiers from each area will make it to the challenger series which will be the second half of the year and then that will be a series of wqs events that are around the globe and uh, the 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 wct will then be taken from the challenger series so how about that harry they reckon that if they were one heat away from the challenger series knowing their luck they'd probably suddenly see you crop up <laughs> well uh, i don't think they got much to worry about because <laughs> uh, i went up <laughs> I wouldn't have much time to leave the family in the fishing boat, but um, yeah, I'd be up for that. <laughs> Send me out there. Now, let's let's bring a bit of a reality check into this. And uh, both of them, at the time of recording, they'll be making their way to Costa de Caparica. But uh, in Santa Cruz, I can confirm that it's they both finished fourth in their first heats in Santa Cruz. Pat, in particular, uh, came across Marlon Lipka and Leon Glatzer in the same heat. That's a hell of a start to a first round of a contest, isn't it? But admire them for, you know, getting out there and going for it, really. I think, you know, you've got to make sure you've found your limit and they're sort of pushing that limit. And, you know, let's hope they get a result in Costa de Caparica. Well, if you want to comment on that, um, I mean, that is the level you're going to be surfing against uh, on the QS. Um, and in terms of if you want to make a challenger series or any other, you know, qualification routes, they're the kind of guys you can be surfing against. And that's... You know, there's a lot of those sorts of surfers. So I watched Pat's and, and Logan's heats. And, um, yeah, it, it was not dissimilar conditions to fear. So yeah. windy, big, uh, and looks like plenty of rip. So um, uh, I think that the guys would have come across with some lessons from that. But uh, hopefully they can do it at the next the next event. And uh, I wish them good luck. You were saying you found it interesting, Vaughny, that they were sort of talking about the QS as being, you know, the, the, having goals on the QS that kind of went beyond this idea of British champion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I found that really interesting because for me, um, you know, when I was gr growing up learning to compete and surf, I always felt that until I achieved a national level or, you know, in terms of Wales, Britain, that I was never really ready for the, to compete at that level. Yeah. Um, now perhaps you know, perhaps I'm wrong, perhaps I'm right. And you've got to expose yourself to the higher level to keep pushing your surfing. Uh, and perhaps I just simply wasn't good enough. Um, but I, I, there is a certain uh, as, as thing as well with, if you become a British champion or a Welsh champion, whatever it is, a European champion, that tag stays with you for the rest of your days. And that you're always referred to as, you know, Harry Cromwell, you know, British champion as, or, or you know, what, whoever you are. Yeah. So I think it's uh, there's a lot of value in that, and I, I, I'm not sure the boys have maybe see that at this point. And yeah. given the new structure of what's going on in terms of qualification for 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 the, uh, our sport into the Olympics, and even this regional thing that's happening now with the, the QS and the Challenger Series and all that, yeah. there's a lot more placement on nationality rather than right. sticking a load of people together and getting them to compete for the you know um, yeah. as you can because. 
uh, it's all about you know inclusion of all nations and the top people from that nation competing against each other and that's going to be whittling down the numbers and we're already seeing that here in terms of you qualify for the welsh you qualify the british and then you off go off to the world yeah. so yeah it'll be interesting to see where how things develop in the, in, in the future so um, and how you qualify for these various events yeah and i'm going to ask the surfer here who's got the most national titles emily your thoughts about the qs because you you have competed on the qs where have your priorities lay between that sort of, you know, professional competition on the QS or picking up national titles? I can see actually for the benefit of the listener that Emily has got one, two, three, four. Is that seven? I recognize I've, the shape I've got of that six. trophy actually. Yeah, I've got six national titles and the rest will be kind of second places. They're glistening thirds. away behind her there. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I've always wanted to be a national champ. I, I I want to be British champ. That's the next thing I want to do. I have my Welsh titles and I'd love to have more. The next step for me, though, is my British title. Like, that's what I want. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been second a few times, but I've never managed to get first, but that's what I want. Yeah. And I did a few pro juniors QSs when I was a bit younger and it was eye-opening seeing all those. Like, that's the level you need to compete at. And I think it's a great learning experience. But like Vaughn said, I think having that British title, you know, that stays with you forever. Mm. Um, and yeah, you can go go to QS and learn things and improve. Um, but yeah, British title for me, definitely. Mm, interesting. And in terms of how Pat and Logan are doing there, they're going to have breakthroughs at some point though, aren't they? Because I think, you know, they're sort of, that that is the standard they're looking to try to be at, isn't it? You know, they're bringing an air game in, you know, they're both trying to learn to tube ride. For me, Tom, having watched their heats, uh, you know, and, and, and travelled with Welsh surfers to European events yeah. for decades, um, one of the things that's really apparent is it takes Welsh surfers one some time to adapt to the conditions. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. From moving from UK ways to European ways, this mm. tends to be a bit of a change. Yeah. And that within a week or so, and surfing with different guys, they, they find the feet. And it's almost like at the end of the event, the, the, the Welsh surfers are starting to, you know, yeah. starting to, they've improved those few notches or they've caught up or got used to the conditions. And equally, uh, you know, because I find that when, you know, UK surfers generally mature a little bit later. Um, yeah. And so, you know, they tend to be mid-20s when they're really starting to make their mark competitively. Mm. And I think the guys have got every chance of doing that. And it's they've only just flown into Portugal. They've had two days there. God knows yeah. what the restrictions are involved. Um, they're going to the next event. Let's see what happens. I, I, you know, they're doing everything they can do in terms of yeah. surfing, training and competing. Now, a uh, one of the guys who works doing a bit of the artwork on our show was talking about them the other day and he had a really interesting point that the trips that these guys are doing they're short trips they're often to contest venues and that sometimes there's a benefit for a welsh surfer in disappearing for a month in indonesia or potentially going to hawaii going to central america going to surf puerto escondido or indeed you know uh, those point breaks of el salvador um, do you think that that would actually be potentially an idea um, that, you know, some of those surfers looking to get to that next step could take on board and, you know, that kind of travel to just get used to good waves in order to um, actually arrive at that level where when you arrive in then those horrible dumping beach breaks of somewhere like Santa Cruz, you've, you've got that sort of, um, you know, the, 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 the geometry and the mathematics and the, and the, and the sort of hand, you know, the, what, what would you call it, board eye coordination to find that lip line? 100% for me. I mean, I, 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 was, I speak to Logan 
you know, uh, as I mentioned before, I think on one of these shows, uh, an unhealthy amount. And uh, I, I've got a lot of time for it. And I try and offer my advice. And, you know, my advice has always been to try and get some time away if, you, if you're serious about becoming a professional server. Yeah. Uh, and to anyone, and you know, you've only got to go, you don't have to go too far back. Anchor speak to point. Russell, speak... Yeah, but speak to Russell, speak to Carwin. You know, look at what they did. They didn't yeah. just go, oh, I'm going to, they competed, but they also stayed away. Russell stayed in Barbados every year. Yeah. You know, a Carwin went, you know, he lived in a van and a car in France and Australia for mm. months on end to get used to surfing with good surfers in better ways. And yeah. you've got to put those hard yards in, I'm afraid, I, I, I believe, as a surfer because of the disadvantage. Well, Harry, you spent that time in Australia, didn't you? Yeah, I'd done a little bit of traveling. Um... Yeah, I went to Australia two years running um, with Quicksilver, and um, and it it was just uh, unbelievably like beneficial for your surfing. Yeah. You know, surfing against the best surfers in the world, and um, realizing that you know it it is like it, you are just a tiny, tiny tadpole in the in you know a pool of sharks yeah you know there's there's so many good surfs out there and, and surfing with them you just improve so much quicker like you know like even myself like going to the british up in scotland surfing against you guys and you know the rest of the the, the british british surfers i feel like just watching them and being in there with them i i'm improving you know, I, I come home a better surfer whereas like i'm surfing man of beer every day with all the boys and loads of people you know who i love surfing with like no offense to a lot of them they're not the best surfers and yeah it's probably not good for my surfing mm. um the, the only way of getting better is surfing with better surfers than yourself and surfing different waves you know and you need the variety of lefts rights barrels you know reef breaks sand breaks you need to mm. get in it all and that's and big waves as well you know you can't just surf like small waves all the time you've got to get used to surfing solid waves because um yeah You'll go places and you just be like, oh, yeah, this is out of my comfort zone. You're like, you know what I mean? I've experienced that plenty of times, you know, just or even small waves. You've got to get used to surfing small waves because a lot of WQSs will be in crap waves, you know. Yeah. You're used to surfing that too. So you just got to get in as much as you can with the best surfers in a variety of waves, whether it's one foot or whether it's 10 foot, you've got to get in there. Yeah, of course. What's your thoughts on this, Ems? Is that what... Uh a surfer looking to sort of get out of the of the welsh surfing way he needs to needs to do do they need to go and surf big low boss for a winter or just get those big open faces yeah 100 percent. i know when i was younger the when i used to improve quickly we'd be in france all summer just surfing two three times a day and you just come on so much surfing with people that are better better than you 100 percent. that's the way to improve just travel get experience different ways different places surfing with people that are better and then doing those QS events and like the pro juniors. I remember the first one I went to was just so eye-opening, seeing how much like even those kind of surfers, French and Portuguese that you hadn't ever heard of, how much better they were than us. It was like, you know, you are, like Harry said, you're a small fish in a big pond, really. So it's like, yeah, just definitely getting out there, practicing in those better waves with better surfers. That's the way to definitely improve. I think to be fair to um, the, the the guys as well is that anyone trying to you know obtain this lifestyle, I mean, there's not the money that was in the sport going back a few years, and that you know it's it's a fine balance financially as well. It's all very well, I think, us being here and and, and saying yeah yeah you should go traveling, you should do this, you should do that, 
well, not everyone can afford to do that. Not everyone can be in that position. And equally, if it goes horribly wrong, which it will for almost everyone, yeah. uh, the, the very best is that you've then got to rebuild your life yeah. uh, and, and start at 30 something and, or whenever you give up on the dream. Yeah. So it's a fine balance of getting that right. And um, it's, it's almost something you've got to do from a very young age and have the support of family, friends uh, and sponsors in order to achieve that dream. Uh, unless you're a late bloomer and you've really got to stick some hard yards and some tough uh, uh, overnight stays in and, you know, backs of vans and, you know, wherever. And then, of course, we've also got Alice Barton, albeit competing in the English nationals and surfing for England up at that contest. But Alice hails from Wales. She's a, she's a Welsh girl. Um, what do you think are, are her chances of pushing onto that stage, Ems? Yeah, I think she's got a pretty good chance. She's, you know, she's determined. She's training hard. She's surfing all the time. Um, yeah, you know, she's still quite young. I think she's still got time to push and get in that experience now. She goes away loads. She's surfed at a high level. Yeah, I think she's got a good chance. Now, on that note then, talking about going on to that world stage, let's have a little chat about the trip you're about to take, Harry. El Salvador, Zunzal. I gotta say, I reckon that apart from getting a tube, which happens very rarely for somebody as gangly and tall as me, um, <laughs> I reckon the best wave I have ever put together in my entire life was in Zunzal. It's a it's a big bowling, bending in right hander with a nice kind of rolling takeoff, and then it just kind of tapers all the way into this little shore break. It's a it's a gorgeous wave. It can I can see Vaughn, he's got a tear in his eye. It, it, it can even make me feel like a top, top surfer, but it's also, you know, going to make whoever else you're competing against surf their best as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I've been watching it on the, there's like a live uh, webcast of it on uh, Magic Seaweed. And it it just looks like a wally, you know, wally kind of, you know, not fast, wally slow right-hander, which is like, made for me i reckon <laughs> just doing yeah. big calves and like just long waves and get my turns in and and uh it's like the period there i've been watching it hasn't dropped below 10 seconds the last like three weeks it just looks consistent it looks like there's waves every day um it's warm i don't know how my uh shiny bald head's gonna go in the in the uh, uh in the tropical heat there but um i'm sure i'll manage but yeah it, it just looks it looks fun. Looks like such a fun, good wave. I don't know. Um, I don't know if you, any of you other guys have been there, but Tom, yeah, you said it's amazing, is it? Yeah, it is. And uh, the other thing I was going to ask about here, I don't know if you know any more about this yet, um, but I'm reading off the ISA's information for people going on the trip here that Zunzal, um, which is that right hand point that we were just talking about, La Bacana, which I believe is the sort of beach break a little bit north of there. And El Zonte, which is another point break a little bit further south, not quite as organized, I suppose, more kind of like what, no offense now, but like Manabir is to say, you know, Atlantwitz, Cobble Point, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and um, they, there's no mention on here as, as um, of La Libertad as one of the official events where teams are going to be allowed to train. And now La Libertad is one of the best waves in the world. And and if that breaks, do you know if you're going to be able to go and get a free surf there? It's about ooh, 10, 15 minutes north up the road from uh, Zunzal. Is that that Punta Roca place or is that Punta Roca? Yeah, Punta Roca. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you that, know what? That is one of the best ways in the world. An absolute, you know, 
incredible sight to behold, let alone to ride away there. I've um, I've actually spoken to someone who went there, and he said it was like a warm J Bay. So um, yeah, yeah. So I'm... apart from when it's under four foot, then it's got a dry rock in the middle of it, which you guys in Pembroke are used to with Middle Bay, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I can buddy up over that. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. Uh, Mama Roca, it's known as. Oh, I got cramped in my leg. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, my other one's uh, going. <laughs> I got to stop. Uh, <laughs> what an athlete. Oh, my God. Oh, my I tell you what, that's, that's sitting down harder than it looks. <laughs> oh. Uh, brilliant <laughs> can I coach it uh, well well Harry's uh, getting over his cramp <laughs> a warm J bay sounds very appealing to me but <laughs> some of the people who are going to be there I, I was having another look as well at the you know because obviously the Olympics is in your mind um, cramp or not um, and I'm assuming that a couple of the Germans are going to be going so I think once they're done licking Pat and Logan around southern Portugal. Uh, Marlon and Leon Glatzer will be out there. Leon Glatzer has been out there for a lot of the winter. He's been living in Pavones. I know Peru are taking Miguel Tadela. And, uh, you know, there, there are some very, very, very good surfers going to that event. Is that something you're kind of looking forward to, to rise into then, Harry? What's going to be your approach yeah. for, for coming across those kinds of names? Definitely. I think the, the better surfers I'm against, the better I'm going to surf, without a doubt. Um, I'm, I'm just going to have fun, just treat it like I'm getting to go away to surf amazing waves with, with really good surfers. And and uh, I I know the, the, the better the competition, the better it will make me surf. Uh, like, I, I know, you know, I've, I've never won a Welsh. Um, I just feel like the pressure's always on there because everyone's always expecting. They're always like, oh, local boy, Harry will do well here. And everyone's like, oh, come on, this is your year and all this. Whereas, like, I, th- I feel like a competition with where it's sort of out of my reach of winning almost, um, yeah. I think that'll push me, you know, to, to actually do better than than better than expected rather than, you know, rather than under sort of, and it'll sort of overcome and hopefully do better than than a lot of people. So the Olympic thing, that is in the back of your mind though, isn't it? Um yeah, without a doubt. Um it it the Olympic thing is is a massive thing uh, that's been that's been in the back of my mind. Thinking about going to that would just be like another level. Um yeah. and even though it is, you know, it is far fetched. It's definitely achievable, and I feel like you've got to believe to achieve. And I'm going there with you know the ambition to make it and uh, and to to get to the Olympics. And have you thought about the mathematics and machinations of what's needed? Uh, not really, no. <laughs> so we've got here. Um, if I just go down, the the rule being that once two surfers from a country have qualified, the country's surfers are all ineligible, right? So. Australia, mm. Brazil, France, Japan, and the USA. It doesn't matter how many people from there finish ahead of you because they can't go to the Olympics. This is for the men's, obviously. And then on top of that, we've got a surfer qualified from Morocco. Um, we've got one from New Zealand, one from Peru, one from Portugal, and one from South Africa. So again, you know, those countries can only send one. Um, there's five 
slots left to be given to the Olympics from this event. And obviously that, that then is, it excludes those countries that have already filled those slots. So there's still some work to do, isn't there? But, you know, it's pretty much the same gig as Thurzo really, isn't it? Show up and just keep going through heats. And then all of a sudden someone's going to tap you on the shoulder and say, see you in the Olympics. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm being realistic, you know, I can't, I can't see myself going to the Olympics, but, um, but I'm, I'm definitely not going there like mucking about. I'm going there with a serious head on. Uh, I'm looking to just absolutely smash it. I'm holding nothing back. I'm going to go big. Um, and whoever's in my heat, good luck to them, but I'm, I'm having them. <laughs> Hopefully Slater. <laughs> yeah. And it's as well, it's not impossible that Slater gets a slot now isn't it because we've got both chloe and dino and john john florence are injured at the moment now i just want to talk about the women's olympics as well here if we look at this 13 surfers already qualified from the women so seven slots from el salvador will go and perhaps the sort of big story we haven't got welsh representation in the women's but the big story could be that um, sofia milanovic is going to be competing again and of course she's the reigning isa world champion having beaten all of the top WSL surfers when it was held in Maizaki. But that would be quite a story. You know, even we might not have Slater at the Olympics, but if Sofia Milanovic were to make it, that would be pretty impressive, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It'd be pretty cool to see her go. Does she, Tom, Um, does she not qualify already through having won in Japan previously? No, because her, so the Pan American Games gets one slot. So someone from Peru... Daniela Rochas already qualified so then they said that she couldn't qualify which I think is absolutely bonkers you don't get your world champ going but... yeah, well that's yeah that is mental that is um <laughs> she actually had to raise a petition to the Peruvian Surfing Association to get a slot in the Peru's team for this event so so world world amateur champion and a former world professional champion exactly as M says um, Daniela Rochas from Peru had won the Pan American Games, and uh, so Sophia wasn't actually going until she sort of raised a bit of a political storm over it. I did see something about that, and I wondered what it was, how it was all connected, because I was like, surely she's qualified, because, uh, well, obviously yeah. it goes to show what I know, but uh, uh, wow, that's some story, isn't it? World champ not going. <laughs> and if it happens, if he isn't already draped in a drag gore and celebrating and uh, and getting his own Japanese visa ready, you'll be seeing it all happen firsthand, Harry. At least, even if uh, even if you are on the sidelines by the time we get to those finals, which is not what we're expecting, obviously. <laughs> so, yeah. Surfing history is going to be being made in front of you. I know, I know. It's it is so surreal that that um, I'm going to be there watching that go down and and being part of it is just an honour. And I'm so I'm just so like proud to be Wales's um, representative to going over there and surf for Great Britain. Um, oh, it's just so exciting. It really is. And uh, quite how big a role Harry plays in that piece of surfing history, we will, of course, be keeping you informed of, dear listeners, in the episode that follows this. By the time this episode uh, drops with you, Harry will be on the plane, so he's possibly going to be getting to El Salvador. And the first thing, of course, he's going to be doing once he gets to his hotel room is getting the Wi-Fi set up so that he can go on Apple Podcasts and uh, have, a, have a little listen to us through that lovely, reliable iPhone through which he's been talking to us tonight. Now, 
we're all going to wish i'm sure vorney and emily would like to take the opportunity to join those other voices from earlier in wishing you good luck on the upcoming trip harry crest wishes you the absolute best of luck we are so proud of you well done uh i appreciate it so much i've had so many well wishes and um so many people like you know saying how proud they are i mean all this it means so much honestly it's amazing and i want to say a big thank you to Vorney for looking after me when I was in Scotland because without him there, I probably wouldn't have got in the sea because he <laughs> he literally like not only drove me up there, but he lent me, well, he, he'd give me a leash and, and, uh, and, and he picked up my new board for me and, and, and um, uh, everything I needed of what I'd lost my watch. He lent me a watch. I didn't have wax. He gave me wax. And um, he literally was dad of the trip. And um, he, he he got me he got me to El Salvador. So thank you, Vaughn. Uh, Harry, you're most welcome. I think you're you're forgetting the conversation we had before you'd even known about the British and your uh, qualification. Uh, because I had a conversation with you. It was like oh, I don't know. Should I go? Shouldn't I go? And I was like, mate, don't turn this opportunity down. There won't be too many times in your life you'll be able to say. I could qualify for the Olympics. Well, you've just gone one further. So <laughs> one step further than we thought when we had that conversation. So let's go all the way, Sad. I'll be rooting for you. Cannot wait to see you. Good luck. Yeah, you're going to do awesome, Hazel. I'm so stoked for you to be able to go. Like, you're just the most nicest person ever. And you made Scotland such a good trip. And just every trip I've ever been on with you, you're like a frothing grom and you just make it like such a good trip. Everyone's so relaxed. And I, I think you're going to do amazing. So good I luck. I tell you what, mind them. You can go off someone when you're driving home for 12 hours and all you're having is good, <laughs> oh, well done com- uh, phone calls. <laughs> 12 hours of well oh. done, Harry, and unlucky Vaughny. <laughs> it wears after a while. <laughs> Cheers, Vaughny and Anne. It means a lot. And it's such a shame that you wouldn't be going as well, Anne, to uh, El Salvador, or even you, Vaughny. It would be nice to have another Welsh teammate there, but um, I'm I'm looking forward to it either way. We'll go on the next one, one together. Yeah, we're all going to go on the next one. Going on the next <laughs> yes, one. Yes, good plan. Same conversation in for three years' time, and it's all going to be about Ems's trip and wherever. Yeah, she's I going. think I'll be the luggage carrier by then. <laughs> what was Didier Deschamps referred to as Tom the the water uh, the water boy, wasn't he? By Cantona. <laughs> mm, fabulous stuff. So a big thank you then to uh, our guests on today's show, to Emily Williams, to Mark Vaughan, and of course to Wales's representative at the 2021 ISA World Games, Harry Cromwell. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crest in partnership with Elusive, Jolchan Brando, and uh, we'll see you guys again in a fortnight. Hoil Vau. Bye. Jolchan Vau, Tom. Hoil Vau. You say it in Spanish, uh, uh, Harry. <laughs> Buenas noches. Uh, adios. <laughs> adios. <laughs>